Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Scratchcast, the alternative pop culture podcast. I'm Sneds, your host, and as the official podcast of The Head Scratcher, we'll be bringing you discussions on all things alternative pop culture in the coming weeks. We'll upload a new podcast at least once a month covering alternative music, and in the future we hope to expand to covering film, TV, gaming, and more. To find out more about The Head Scratcher, head on over to our website at www.theheadscratcher.com, check out our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram at The Head Scratcher, or on Twitter at Scratcher Head. We upload original articles at least once a month, share the best pop culture news from around the web regularly, and at the end of every month compile an epic playlist of new alternative music for your oral pleasure. We've been going for two years now, and this podcast forms part of our birthday celebration. In this first episode, I'm joined by my good friend Grant Patterson to discuss new albums from Dinosaur Pileup, Jamie Lenman, Gender Roles, and Press Club. So sit back, relax, and enjoy two nobodies sharing their thoughts on some great music. <laughs> the slurping noises. Just adds to the intensity and the experience as a whole, I think, Sness. It does. Okay, so are we going to talk about Celebrity Mansions? Yeah, we'll talk about that first. To be honest, um, I wasn't really all that familiar with Dinosaur Pileups stuff. I'd heard of Growing Pains, but I never actually realised that that was a name of one of their albums. For some reason, I'd got it into my head that it was a name of one of their songs. Is that I the case? I didn't even know that was an album. So I mean, I, <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm making that up. I'm, I seem to remember seeing somewhere a picture of presumably the, the lead singer or lead guitarist and underneath it said Growing Pains. Yeah, we probably should do a bit more, bit, research. Bit more research. But basically my knowledge of Dinosaur Pile Up is just their really early stuff. So like in 2008 they had a single out called My Rock and Roll. Right. So really sort of grungy like big riffs it's a really good track and then on the back of that I went deep into some of the demos and things he had more of the same alt-rock really good tracks but by the time the like first album actually ended up coming out it left me a little bit cold thought it was a bit overproduced I didn't think the songs were all that good so Uh kind of after that I just I just forgot about them and um, it wasn't really until there was a bit of buzz for this new album coming out that I started to pay attention again yeah so all that stuff in between, I just kind of forgot about. Maybe I should have gone back in at some point to see what they were doing, but there's so much stuff you just forget about in bands. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even Pix is like my favourite band. I feel as if some of their stuff has passed me by, which is pretty sad considering I rate them as being one of my most favourite bands. Certainly, like, I know this is kind of going off topic a wee bit, but the Head Carrier album, I never knew that existed. Until yeah. Ali turned up with it on vinyl for me. He was visiting my house, he was like, you should have this. I was like, great. Turns out it wasn't actually all that great an album, <laughs> to be honest. I just, it just kind of passed me by. I think because there is such a wealth of music out there now, and I've been, I suppose, somewhat of a Luddite until fairly recently. I suppose I'm still quite old school in the way I kind of consume music. I still quite like having CDs and vinyls and stuff mm-hmm. that, whereas obviously there's been a shift away from that and you know people are accessing music in a different way now it's, it's through the likes of kind of Spotify and what have you yeah I'm the same I like to have physical copies of albums it's usually the stuff that I love from over the years that I've got physically but I like to keep up on what's coming out so Spotify is good for that but yeah. there's so much stuff I mean there's so many different albums come out every Friday that it's really difficult to, to keep up mm. but 
I think Celebrity Mansions by Dinosaur Pileup is a really good example of good music that's coming out just now. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it, I have to admit. I, I listened to it quite a few times. First song, well, to be fair, I'm not too sure if it is actually the first song on the album because up until fairly recently I had just a free edition of Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, uh, I just had to listen to everything on shuffle, shuffle play. Yeah. And I'm not a great fan of doing that because I do feel as if albums have to be appreciated as a whole, to be honest. And you should probably listen them in order they were <laughs> in a sequential fashion. I remember, again, this is kind of going off topic a wee bit, but I'm a fan of MGMT. I remember when they kind of first came out. Their first album, I think, came out, I want to say, kind of early 2000s anyway, wasn't yeah, it? something like that. Oracular Spectacular. And that was 2004? A, something like that. Yeah, was. I was going to say 2005, but yeah, somewhere along that. Wasn't too long after we left school, Sned, yeah. <laughs> way, way back when. And I remember there was a bit of controversy around about the time because I think they, they liked what they did. However, I think a lot of people or the mainstream kind of latched on for likes of kids and time to pretend. So their kind of second and third album was a complete move away from that. Those kind of songs that could just be released as, as singles or what have you. I think they just wanted to pe- people to kind of appreciate the album as a whole. So I have, I have went back to kind of listen to Celebrity Mansions in a kind of sequential fashion as it were so I take it the first song on the album is Celebrity Mansions would that be correct no Celebrity Mansions (laughs) is the fourth track on the album oh right the first track is Thrash Metal Cassette which coincidentally was the first single that came out that's the song that got me excited for this album because it's a fucking rager for one of a better word it's funny I was immediately reminded of (laughs) Storm the Gates the Tenacious D song from Pick of Destiny album. Okay. But yeah, that that's probably one of my favourite songs on the album. And I thought the kind of chorus of singing girls towards the end was probably a bit of a stroke of genius. To yeah, be it's very much in the vein of... Are you familiar with baby metal? I'm not. So baby metal are like... Um, I think they're Japanese, maybe Korean. They're a, they're a metal band and they're, they're, they're fronted by singing uh, girls yeah um so they're big like metal riffs and then like singing school girls but so the end of it's a bit like baby metal but there's a song by faith no more called be aggressive which has got like a cheerleader chant at the end conjures up uh, memories of that for me and that's a, that's a great song if you, if you haven't heard it but yeah a brilliant song yeah i really enjoyed it it's funny you say that because I, I did immediately think of Japanese girls in school uniforms for some reason <laughs> okay, well, singing that song. Yeah, I, I really like Long Way Down as well. So Long Way Down is actually the final track on the album. Right. But as an album closer after, I mean, there's 10 tracks I think on this album. Mm-hmm. So after nine fairly high paced tracks, you get a, a sort of mournful slow burner, but it's still quite a powerful song. Yeah. But yeah, it's a really good way to end the album, I think. I really enjoyed it. I quite like that kind of call and answer type chorus that they have going on. I thought it was really good. Really enjoyed it. Also really, really enjoyed Stupid Heavy Metal Broken Hearted Loser Punk. Yeah. Which is a bit of a mouthful. It's a great title, I think. Um, <laughs> so actually the first the first three tracks are Thrash Metal Cassette, Back Foot and Stupid Heavy Metal Broken Hearted Loser Punk. That's possibly my favourite song on the album just to try and sing along to. Because the chorus is a bit of a tongue twister. Absolutely. And so trying to trying to join in with that without messing it up is really difficult. But when you pull it off, you feel like a champ. 
Mm-hmm. So it's definitely one of the best songs on the album. There's a bit, I think, as it's just coming into the second chorus, and it's just after the chorus, so there's that sort of wrapped, stupid heavy metal, broken heart, loser punk chorus. And there's like a bicycle bell noise or a triangle comes in. I've got, did I hear a bicycle bell? <laughs> <laughs> Written down on my notes. Yeah, and that, I don't know why I like that so much, but... Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I think it's an underused <laughs> instrument. Do you think that could replace the cowbell? I think it should replace the cowbell. <laughs> I'm slipknot using a triangle. Yeah. What's your thoughts on backfruits since those are, those are the first three sort of opening flurry of tracks yeah it wasn't a one of the songs that immediately stood out for me I can't remember being a massive fan of his vocals in that yeah it's like um, I kind of likened it to a sort of slacker white guy rap that's and exactly like, what like I've off, got it's like maybe a bit like the offspring if you if you think of like Pretty Fly for a white guy or like original prankster like yeah, that kind of yeah, I'll go for that. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And to be fair, I really like that. So <laughs> I don't think it's for everyone, but I actually really like those vocals. I it's funny you say that because in my notes here I've just said backfoot white men rapping question <laughs> mark. <laughs> Which uh, yeah, but no, I can see I can definitely see the similarities for the likes of um, likes of Offspring and what have you. I think the fact that they're not taking themselves too seriously is the reason I like it. If it was that trying to be like Eminem or something, okay, Eminem's he doesn't take himself seriously either, but no, that's maybe a bad example. But if they were, if they were trying to be serious about his rapping, I don't think I would enjoy it quite so much. Yeah, it's no, it's all very tongue in cheek. So let's <laughs> let's go back to Celebrity Mansions then. Okay. Since, you, since you were going to start with that, <laughs> let's, let's track four. I, I don't know if you got this, but and I don't know if this was deliberate or not, to be perfectly honest, but. I was immediately reminded about Beverly Hills by Weezer. That's yeah. what it reminded me of. Yeah, it's exactly that. I've written uh, gangster attitude Weezer. That's <laughs> uh, what I've got. Weezer here. with a gangster attitude. Yeah, basically. But Beverly, Beverly Hills is all over this. And there's like just cheeky little bits where he's like, what up, what up? <laughs> this is totally ridiculous, but it's, yeah. it's something that you would expect Rivers Cuomo to do. But, you know, it's a pretty good song. I think it's better than Beverly Hills, I would say. I'm not the biggest fan of that, that song, and maybe that was just because I was used to a different kind of Weezer. Yeah, I'll give um, that. Yeah. So I think I prefer Celebrity Mansions to Beverly Hills. It's a good tune. Yeah. Um, this that. this one, in fact, has more triangle. So this is the one I was thinking on the... As it comes into the second chorus, there's a sort of chugging riff, and then like a little triangle tinkle, and then it just slams into the chorus. So... That's a good moment, I think. One of one of my favourite moments on the album. <laughs> what do we have after that? Um, next one is Round the Bend, which is basically it's just opens with a sort of straightforward punk rock riff that you've heard millions of times before, and then it's got a pretty big chorus, a fun chorus, but you know with cliche, cliche, cliched lyrics of about going round the bend and what you know that kind of going off track exactly I don't think there's anything on the song that you've really heard that you haven't really heard before and there's a good bit in it I think about midway through where the sort of all the production layers fall away and it fades into like an acoustic demo where he's just singing the vocals with a muffled acoustic guitar it's you know one verse and then it, everything slams back in for the final chorus mm-hmm. so it's quite a good it's quite a good dramatic effect a good song but there's plenty of better ones I think 
No thoughts on Round the Bend? I No, nothing really. Okay, so the next one we've got is Pouring Gasoline. I, I did like Pouring Gasoline. Yeah. I, I did enjoy that one. Again, I thought it kind of maybe hailed back to some of the kind of punk rock kind of sensibilities, some of the other songs. With obviously being a fan of kind of punk rock. Yeah, what was your thoughts on it? So I, I think this is a Foo Fighters song. Oh, really? A cover um, of that? No, no. I just think it sounds like it sounds like a mixture of a few different Foo Fighters songs to me. There's bits of um, there's bits of Monkey Wrench in it. Um, all my life and the and the pretender. There's this bit. There's the vocal part that goes um, out of my own and alone again. And it sort of it starts off quite toned down and it builds and it builds and it builds and it sort of powers into this big scream at the end. There are moments exactly like that in both the pretender and all my life. There, yeah, like I said, there's there's monkey wrench all over this song. So it's, it's it feels like a a big mash of of Foo Fighters, but but Foo Fighters when they were still good not they've kind of turned into a bit of a bland stadium rock act in my opinion but you know back when they were sort of at the height of their powers mm-hmm. so I really like pouring gasoline as well but because it because it reminds me of that classic era Foo Fighters which was the only time that I was actually into Foo Fighters yeah. so. I'm afraid kind of Foo Fighters have kind of passed me by <laughs> to the most part there, there is a few um, there is a few songs that I like. Um, is it is it all my life? Is it all my life? All my life, I've been looking for something, something new. Yes. I'd yeah. Fuck up the lyrics there, but yeah, I was particularly impressed by that. I remember buying that as a single. Again, must have been the early kind of two thousands when that first came out. Would that be right? That be mm, right possibly. I mean, that's that's the only. I don't. Know, I can't remember if the album is called All My Life as well, but it's the only Foo Fighters album I've ever bought. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty good. Is that the one that's got the bison on it? Is it not like a bleeding heart or something? I remember the single has like a kind mm. of bleeding heart on it, but I don't know what the, the album covers. I think the album's got that too. I don't know where the. Maybe I'm thinking of like a Foo Fighters t shirt or something. Like maybe. So, Pouring Gasoline's a good listen if you're into Foo Fighters or some classic punk rock. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got Black Limousine, which it opens with basically the the riff from Round the Bend but an acoustic version of it and then it goes into a sort of muted verse which reminded me of the Smashing Pumpkins a little bit and it sort of just rumbles along and then it's got a a pretty massive chorus that is just a lot of fun to sing along to Uh and I've said that Stupid Heavy Metal Broken Hearted Loser Punk is possibly my favourite song but I think Black Limousine is the best song right from the album I think it's the best song on the album in, in terms of just how, how good a song it is, I think that would be my pick. It's interesting because Long Way Down in Black Limousine is the two that stand out for me, yeah. if I'm being perfect gloves. Although, again, I mean, you can't overlook thr- thrash, thrash Metal Cassette. I, don't, I mean, it's interesting because those are the two songs where they sort of rein it back a little bit. It's not quite so like... Black Limousine and Long, and Way, Long Way Down. Down. It's Absolutely. not. It's not... A lot of the other charts are really thundering and pacey and a little bit tongue-in-cheek yeah whereas those are possibly more serious a bit more laid back and not necessarily less powerful especially not in the case of black limousine but yeah they're they're slightly more restrained yeah i mean i didn't really focus too much on the lyrics to long way down but um it does kind of feel as if it's a message to somebody from what i remember from the kind of opening lyrics um, and I remember thinking that would probably be quite a big crowd pleaser for that kind of call and answer. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You could just imagine the crowd kind of being into that kind of one of their gigs. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not. Yeah, I think I think similarly, Black Limousine would be a crowd pleaser just for that, just having a huge sing along chorus. Yeah, that's not it's not difficult to sing along to. It's quite it's quite easy to join in with. Like where's like some stupid heavy like I mean that's that difficult. Or if you're like trying to scream the chorus from Thrash Metal Cassette or whatever. Yeah. The next song is K West. Yeah, that was a strange one. See, yeah. when I when I when I saw it appear on like the album list, I thought it would have something to do with Kanye West, so but I, I think yeah. it must have something to do with a, a venue of sorts. I told you up last night because um, I didn't know what it was, and I, like you, had assumed it was something to do with Kanye West, but yeah. it's actually a hotel in Shepherd's Bush. Really, so somewhere um, in London. Yeah, and it's I think from what I could gather, it's where sort of music artists stay and they get interviewed there and oh, that okay. sort of thing so it's sort of a a cool rock hotel whatever that means right so, so hotel california of sorts um i don't know about that because <laughs> um. <laughs> supposedly that i mean i don't know if you know the eagle song hotel california yeah. i don't think the hotel in question was actually called hotel california but i suppose it must have been based somewhere in california but apparently it was somewhere where um, the musicians at the time stopped off ah, right, okay. um, in their tours. So, well, probably is quite similar quite to that similar. then. So, I mean, the song itself is basically just about being a fucking rock star and... Dripping mayonnaise down your shirt. Exactly. <laughs> Watching the game with Dwayne Johnson, um, having dinner with Jay-Z. Shit. So, it's basically everything that Dinosaur Pileup are not. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of this album is about how they're a relatively struggling rock band and then this song is like the antithesis of that where we're just like yeah we're we're rich bitch and um these are all the extravagant things that we do and it's i think on first listen i was a bit like yeah this is a bit throwaway but i'm definitely warned to going back to weezer again mm-hmm. have you heard the black album weezer's black album i don't know if i have actually so it came out earlier this year what's that got on it is oh. there any singles that have been released? Um, yes. <laughs> I'll have to check. To be honest, I haven't really heard much of Weezer of late. The only things that I have, have heard Weezer do recently is the cover of Africa yeah. by Toto. Is it Toto? Toto. <laughs> it's Toto, isn't it? Toto yeah. Is it? Yeah, it is Toto. It's Toto. Yeah. I'm thinking that's a dog from, from Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, but I think it's Toto. Yeah. Yeah, so... Can't Knock the Hustle, uh, Zombie Bastards, Living in LA, and High as a Kite. I think those are the those were all the singles that were released before the album came out. Basically, the Black Album is like ridiculous. It's 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 like stupid pop songs that sound nothing like Weezer, and it's just Rivers Cuomo having a laugh basically. Right. But it's kind of fun. I quite enjoyed it. Is their cover of Africa? No, no, what they did, that was actually a sort of promotional tool for the Black Album. They released an album called The Teal Album. Right. So the Teal Album is just a bunch of 80s covers. Right. Um, and Africa is one of them. So they released that ahead of the Black Album, I think, to sort of get people talking about Weezer again. But actually, the Africa cover was... Somebody on Twitter was just hammering Rivers Cuomo with like, 
I want you to cover Totus Africa. Right. And then it became like a movement. And eventually, Weezer like trolled this person by covering a different song. All right, okay. Like, so they covered, I don't know what the song was, but they covered like a, a total song that nobody cares about. Because mm-hmm. Africa is the only total song that anyone knows. The only song that I know. Um, so they covered that. And then I think a few weeks later, they're like, actually, they covered Africa. But all they did was re-record it exactly as the yeah, original. They, they didn't put any kind of Weezer Stamp spin on it or anything. And the Teal album is exactly like that. All of the songs are just straight-up covers. Did they cover Erasure's A Little Respect? Am I just making that up? It wasn't that in... Wheatest did a cover, <laughs> yeah, which is fantastic. It is fantastic, yeah. <laughs> That is a fantastic album. Um, I don't think if Wheatest ever did another album, but it's got a lot, it's no, got a lot of good songs in it. Do you remember um, we used to go to a bar in Aberdeen called The Basement, where the, the front man of Wheatest used to work? Really? Well, no, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't used to work. It's just a guy that looked exactly like him, and he used to every time we were there, it's like, yeah, it's the guy from Wheatus. All right, man. And he usually overheard me and gave me shit, <laughs> shitty looks for calling him that. Interesting. Which is, which is fair enough. I, I may or may not have told you this story when I went to see Evan Dando at one of the clubs in Glasgow, or venues in Glasgow. I can't remember what's called it's S W something or other. It looks oh, like S W G thirteen. Yeah, is that what it's called? Something along so, those yeah. lines. Anyway, um, saw Evan Dando play an acoustic set with I can't remember the name of the woman, but it was the woman who provided the vocals on "It's a Shame About Ray." Okay. So probably their most kind of famous album. We went over to the bar. Me and young Thomas went over to the bar and got served our drinks and I remember turning to Tom afterwards and saying I'm pretty sure I recognise that barman and he's like how, how I'm not going to do Tom's accent <laughs> uh, Tom's, Tom's Irish so yeah, yeah can offend anyone listening who's Irish mm-hmm. we don't we don't want to be doing that anyway yeah so um, I'd said to him like I recognise this guy and he's like where do you recognise him from did you meet him on a night out or what have you I was like no I don't, I don't think so I think he's the lead singer of Dan and Anna Cried. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it turns out it was. He went over and asked him, are you the lead singer for Dan and Anna Cried? And right enough, it, it was him. And I think some of the rest of the band members were there at the time as well. I think they went on and did became another band, formed another band called False Alarm, but oh, okay. it's not a band that I've really kind of looked into all that much. Yeah, that was a bit of a... <laughs> bit of a detour. Bit of a detour. Um, so, <laughs> overall thoughts on K-West, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. So then the last two are Professional Freak and Wrong Way Down. So for me, Professional Freak is a bit more like an upbeat version of Silverchair's Freak. Um, right, okay. Now, they're not, they're not too similar, but you've got this refrain of I'm a professional freak and, you know, Silverchair's song is Freak, Body and Soul, I'm a Freak, I'm a Freak. So it's a bit like Silverchair, that song came out, what, in the late 90s, early Something 2000s? Mm. And now it's sort of those those freaks have answered the call and they're now making their own music. And that's just my take on it. Yeah. But um, I think it's a good song. There's, there's, um, there's something to be said for driving about singing I'm a, pres- <laughs> I'm a professional freak with yeah. the windows down. <laughs> there are songs that, are, that I prefer on the album, like I said before, but I do really like professional freaks. Freak, it's really infectious. What would you give the album if you were to rate it as a whole? What would you rate it? I, I wrote a review of this album for Kill Your Stereo, who are an Australian rock and metal website. So I have reviewed this album, I gave it a 9 out of 10. 
Right. I think it's a pretty solid album. Yeah, I'll give you that. And I think it's only sort of weird moments like Key West that sort of drag it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe some, like, some of the vocals aren't for everyone, but it came out, I think, in June. And I was listening to this constantly for pretty much the whole of July. I just couldn't stop listening to it. And I wasn't just listening to single tracks, I was listening to it front to back. Yeah. Like, it's over in 30 minutes, so there's no reason why you can't just listen to it. You got a spare half an hour, you just blast this album on. So I think I think it's um, a really good album. And for anyone who, who likes 90s-ish, early 2000s alt-rock, mm-hmm. bit of punk... I think anybody who's interested in that kind of thing will love this album. How do you feel about it? <laughs> uh, if you had to give a score, what would you give it? I scored it out of 5, okay. <laughs> as opposed to out of 10. I give it a 2.5 out of 5. I was oh, quite conservative, quite conservative. Uh, in, my, in my rating. Um, I did enjoy it, however, I wouldn't immediately go back to it time and time again. There's maybe other bands that will maybe go on to to kind of discuss or other albums that we're maybe going to go on to discuss I would have preferred or do prefer okay so that's a 5 out of 10 Grant yes (laughs) (laughs) 5 out of your possible 10 yeah yeah okay let's forget about scores because your score is completely wrong (laughs) but if you like the sound of Celebrity Mansions by Dinosaur Pileup give it a shot if you're like me you'll think it's brilliant if you're like Grant you'll like it and then give it a score that doesn't reflect how much you like. <laughs> That's harsh, actually. Okay, I think we talked more about <laughs> random shit. <laughs> random shit than we did about dinosaur pilot. Then. <laughs> so, do you want to just go in straight into shuffle then? Yeah, yeah. So this is um, the latest album from Jamie Lenman, former frontman of Ruben, because you always have to mention that. And Shuffle is a, a covers album, and it's I suppose quite apt that we were talking about Weezer's The Teal album before, yeah, because that's a covers album with no creative flair whatsoever. It's just a straight up. These are the songs we're going to cover, and let's just record them in exactly the same way as the original artists performed them. And Shuffle couldn't be any more different to that. I think it's fair to say. I, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I, I remember seeing Jimmy Lenman as part of Lenmania. Road, Road to Lenmania. Road was to Lenmania. leading up to the full Lenmania stage at um, 2003's festival. When did we see him? July? June, July time? Yeah, beginning of July. And we saw him in a, a stunning venue, St. Luke's and the Winged Ox. Is that That's right, what yeah. its full title? quite close to the Battlelands in Glasgow and I remember thinking he's an artist in every sense of the word I know that might sound quite grandiose and maybe a bit over the top to be perfectly honest but I think everything that he does is deliberate but not in a contrived way I think he's very conscious of his image um, and how that impacts on his product I suppose as it were were as a whole Um, and I think this album stands as a testament to that to be perfectly honest because I don't think there'd be many artists out there that would think about covering say bands as random as well we've got the Beatles there's two Beatles tracks on that album yeah we've got the theme tune from Taxi Driver the Martin Scorsese movie there's a couple of theme tunes there's Taxi Driver 
It's Popeye, Popeye, which we'll talk about again later. Adamantium Rage. It's a theme tune for an old Super NES game. I think that's it for soundtrack. There, well, there's another song, some love song for a vampire, which is on the soundtrack for Bram Stoker's Dracula. So there's a few, there's a few random things on here, and it's clear that everything on here is just, it's just music that Jamie is really fond of and has wanted to put his own spin on it. Taking Popeye as an extreme example of it. I mean, if you know Popeye the cartoon and you think back to the, the sort of jolly sailor theme tune and then you listen to Jamie Lemon's version, which is just one minute of someone blasting like a shotgun into your face. Yes, I think that's um, nice. It's quite amazing how he's taken that simple theme and just turned it into a minute of fury. And it's got a ridiculous video with him, basically a shirtless Popeye downing a can of spinach. Mm-hmm. So I think where where you've said that you think he's an artist, no, absolutely. In in in, in that sort of all encompassing way, I think you're completely right because, I mean, everything to do with this album, Popeye came as the first single, and it had this video to go along with it, and everything is just controlled in a specific way and the way Jamie wants it to be. And I think you mentioned it as an overall product. I think product is probably quite a cynical word. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 it is a product, but not in that sort of cynical ah, sense ah, as ah. a as a manufactured sort of thing. I mean, I was quite impressed. Like I said, you know, that we've already kind of mentioned that there's two Beatles tracks on there. Mm-hmm. I never actually knew that Tomorrow Never Knows was a Beatles track. Um, I kind of had to do a wee bit of kind of investigating into that, and I've since kind of listened to. It. But like I said, you know, you've got the two Beatles tracks on there, the Taxi Driver theme tune, which again was a highlight for me. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I could just imagine sitting in some sort of jazz type lounge listening to that. At, at one point, I was um, reminded of Gary Moore. Okay. So, one of Gary Moore's kind of, I suppose, most famous tracks, Parisian Walkways. If you've kind of heard of that, I don't know it. I I'm not actually familiar with the the taxi driver's theme tune, but yeah, I I was immediately reminded by kind of Gary Moore that kind of um, sailing kind of guitar towards the end of the track. I thought it was fantastic. Song six. I don't know if I will be able to even pronounce this. Song of the Sikilos. Yeah. So I don't. I'm gonna say Sikilos. Sikilos. I don't know. I don't know how you actually pronounce that. So have you done a wee bit investigating into that? All I know about this is it's apparently the oldest surviving musical composition. Yes. Um, from like the first or second century. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't know anything about it. But I mean, that's as good a reason as any to to, <laughs> to, to, to put it on your cover it. album. Yeah. I mean, who who chooses that? As exactly, you, know, you do that. you do I mean, a cover album, you don't put the oldest surviving musical composition on it because. Why would you? Why would you? Exactly. I just, I, I think it's fantastic. I mean, just, it's so bold. You know, I mean, you've got, like I said, that. You've got an, an Annie Lennox song in the form of... Love Song for a Vampire. Love Song for a Vampire. Which I mentioned before was on. from the, the Dracula soundtrack. Passage from Herman Melville's Moby Dick as well. The Peak Quad meets the delight. Yeah, and that that is just, it's just a spoken word extract from from Moby Dick as though you listen to an audiobook where um, Jamie Lemon does all the voices and you know I'm fine with that <laughs> I'm fine with that wasn't wasn't expecting it but quite happily listened to uh, some more audiobook narrations by Jamie Lemon yeah he does a good job I mean I remember thinking I, I did have the opportunity to listen to this in a sequential fashion <laughs> um, and certainly there's another uh, point where he kind of speaks 
or reenacts a scene from a short movie as you said to me earlier on and uh, you're the boss yes and I think that there was a, a definite kind of tonal change in the album after that yeah I mean you go from Popeye mm-hmm. so it's just this like blast of fury and then it, it sort of goes into this dark short story it's quite intense as well I was quite nervous to kind of put it off <laughs> I got a wee bit scared <laughs> at one point and turned it off but then immediately into that you go into this like you said the song of this uh, Circus um, which is just I don't think it's it's not entirely instrumental is it it's um, there are vocals there are vocals yeah I mean I looked into it I looked I looked into to see what the kind of the lyrics were. It's quite short. I mean, I think there's maybe only one verse that I was able to find. So I don't know if he. It almost sounds as if he's singing two verses. So I don't know if he sings the first verse in Greek and then maybe sings it in English. I'm not sure. I'm not too sure either. Hmm. Interesting though. Right. And I kind of felt as if like the seventh track Coda. It almost felt like an extension of the sixth song in my opinion. Yeah, Coda is actually, it's a cover of a song by a band called Caretaker, and they're, they're a fairly unknown rock band from, I can't remember where they're from, but, they're, well, they're an English rock band. They toured with Ruben when, when, um, when Ruben were in their in sort of full swing, and actually, this is something I only found out last night when I was doing a little bit of research, Jamie Lemon filled in as their drummer. Right. Um, while they were touring so he was essentially touring with Ruben and Caretaker at one point and um, that I think turned out to be part of the reason why Caretaker's album took a very long time to come out because Jamie didn't have the time to help write it or record it but so it's just an interesting thing it's a, a throwback to a, a different time in Jamie's life mm-hmm. back when he was still in a sort of struggling alt-rock band but it's quite a sort of sprawling post-rock, I don't know. It's mm. sort of long form. It's fairly laid back from what I remember. Yeah. I, I, I actually remember thinking it was it was part of Song of the Selkios, mm. to be honest. It, it kind of flowed quite well. They yeah. flowed quite well into each other. I and think. I, I think the flow of the album is worth talking about because even when you've got sort of abrupt changes in the style of the songs you tend to have a little lead in which is usually Jamie skipping tracks so he's sort of as though he's on his iPod shuffle skipping through his playlist and he's sort of saying oh that shit I'm not listening to that until he finds something that's that's worth listening to there's occasions where he skips back past some of his own music as well from Devolver which um, if you don't know Jamie Lemon Devolver is a good starting point it's um his second album which came out in 2017 give you a good idea what he's about um, it's quite experimental as well so after Coda we've got Shebop yeah. which is a Cyndi Lauper cover and probably most people all they know about Cyndi Lauper's girls just want to have fun which in itself is a cover actually is it a cover? yeah I can't remember the name it's a, it was a guy that sang it all right. Richard something or other kind of post-punk artist hmm I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. But I don't really know much of Cindy Lauper's back catalogue, but she bops alright. I enjoyed um, it. Yeah. I think it wasn't my favourite the first time I've heard, heard it, but it has definitely grown on me. And then we've got Adam Ante and Rage, we talked about before, which is, I think it's a cover of the main theme from um, Wolverine Adam Ante and Rage, which um, I think is a side scrolling beat em up on the Super NES. Probably on the Mega Drive as well, but it's an, an old 16 bit fighting game so sure 
put that on there. Uh, what else have we got? Handsome Stranger Called Death, which is a bit of a sort of smoky jazz soul bar. Yeah. Um, a very European feel to it. Yeah, like. yeah, it does. It's, it's a cover of a ba- um, song by Foes. Fo- 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 I mean, the original version is female vocals. It's a bit more bright. And it's got a sort of synthy organ and a groovy bass. So it's not quite as um, smoky and soulful. But it's a, it's a decent track, I think. Mm-hmm. So, second Beatles track, Hey Jude. So, everybody knows Hey Jude. Um, <laughs> and you think, oh, it's an easy sort of cover. That chorus, everybody knows. And Jamie Lemon takes it and turns it into a menacing, doom-laden, stoner rock beast of a song. Yeah, I, I remember thinking it was almost pleading with Jude, <laughs> whomever she may be. Yeah, when I've written here that it sounded like John Lennon returning from hell to destroy the earth. <laughs> what about um, The Remembrance? Have you heard of that before? I hadn't. I know now that it's, it's by Jake, Jake Thackeray, but I'd never heard it before. And it's almost a, it's almost a poem. Yeah. Just an acoustic poem. Jamie's version replaces acoustic guitar for for piano. For my money, it's the best song on the album. Right. Just because it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. It's essentially a song about men going off to war and it's leading up to the day they die in the war. And each verse is a progression of what's happening to them um, until they're finally killed. It's an affecting song to listen to, but it's in such a sort of bright way that it's really entertaining. Am I correct saying does each kind of verse end with and that's the day we died in the war yeah, it or does. to that effect? The first verse is like they're getting told like this is great to fight for your country and that was a few weeks before we died in the war yeah, that's and it. then it's like a couple of, it's a few days and then it's a few hours and then it's that's when we were killed in the war yeah. um, and it's just about the sort of the glory of dying for your country and how much of a and much that's kind of just a, a thing you're told. Yeah, part of propaganda, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. I, I hadn't heard I hadn't heard the song, I hadn't even heard of Jack Thackeray um, no, me neither. before, but I did kind of look into his music, and because when I first heard Remembrance by Jack Thackeray, I don't know if you were the same, but I immediately reminded of the chorus. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, he reminded me of the young guy from the chorus, or the younger guy from the chorus, um, the one that's passed away and um, it's not the guy with the beard <laughs> um, but it turns out it wasn't him and he's, he, Jack Thackeray if he's still alive was an English artist as opposed to a Scottish artist I think he's passed away as far as I could tell but yeah it's a really good song mm-hmm. a good way to end the album yeah I would agree yeah so you got any more thoughts on on Shuffle I don't think so what about yourself no I think I think we've covered it if you're a fan of Jamie Lemon you're going to love Shuffle and if you don't know who Jamie Lemon is, I don't know if Shuffles, the album, to discover him as an artist. It might give you an idea of what he's about, but I think you're better going in on Devolver. Devolver's probably a better, gives you a better idea of his sort of style. Mm-hmm. And then Shuffle is him applying that style to other people's music, which I think is pretty successful. Yeah. So yeah worth a listen even even just as a sort of comparison exercise it's quite part of the fun of this album was listening to the new versions and going back and discovering well some of the songs I already knew already but going back and discovering how different they were to the original mm-hmm. and 
um, whether the original songs are actually any good or not. Just interesting with regards to Tomorrow Never Knows, the mm. Beatles track. Yeah. Has that been sampled quite a lot? I'm not sure. I've got a feeling Ringo's drums has been sampled quite a lot for other other songs, but none actually spring to mind. It just yeah. sounds quite familiar at the time. With, with, I can't think what what they sound like off the top yeah, of my head. It's quite distinct. Like I don't I don't think I don't think he's necessarily replicated them in his cover. Mm. Um, if I'm honest. No, I mean it's like all the songs. Just it's inside. pretty much completely different. Yeah. Like the original that original song is like a it's like a, a psychedelia psychedelica yeah. and like when I was listening to the original I was like this this is like straight out of the mighty bush like yeah um, <laughs> I'll give you that yeah um, Jamie's version is a bit more is a bit heavier a bit a bit rockier mm-hmm. good album at this point we took a short break to compose ourselves and this is as good a time as any to apologise for the passing cars, screaming seagulls and scooshing of the automatic air freshener that you may or may not have heard in the background. We recorded this in my kitchen so go easy on us, okay? So let's talk about Prang, mm-hmm. the new record from Gender Rolls from Brighton. So this is, this is released fairly recently, this is only four or five days old. This came out last Friday, I mm-hmm. think. It's released on the 30th of August and it kind of follows their EP called Laser Rush that was released sometime last year. I was listening to it the other day. I think the two singles that were released from the album are You Look Like Death and Hey With Two Wise. Yeah, I think so. So Hey, You Look Like... Sorry, You Look Like Death. Um, have you seen the video to that? No. It uh, features... I think it's quite interesting because it kind of features a character that kind of reminds me of kind of a mashup between old Greg and Mr. Susan from Mighty Bush right. sitting in a chair and the reason why I find that quite interesting is because I'm convinced that the lead singer looks like Naboo with a, a, with a moustache is, is he got like pink hair? I don't know if he's got pink hair anymore but certainly when we because we met him at the Jamie Lennon gig at the Stereo in Glasgow was he behind the merch table? yeah I remember that I didn't. I didn't remember it being him. Yeah. So he gave you. Was it the Lisa Rush EP? No, it was like a little pack with. I think it was a download code for one of the tracks. I don't think it was the entire EP. Right. Um, and then some. I think some stickers and maybe a badge. Mm-hmm. I can't can't remember. Like I've got the stickers. Like have I got one stuck on there. I'm not seeing a gender rules one. No. Anyway, I definitely got stickers and. I might have got a badge because I was thinking the other day I want to dig that out and put it on my jacket but that remains to be seen but yeah I forgot about him but I do remember the fact that we went to Jamie Lyman and we didn't we missed we missed the support acts and then afterwards we both decided we quite liked gender roles yeah so unfortunately we missed the chance to see them live it's a bit disappointing I mean their EP Laser Rush only has kind of the four songs on it the standout song for me being Plastic um, but there's a lot of really good tracks in this new album, Prang, like we said. I think it was a good choice for their singles. However, it wasn't the, the first song that I chose to revisit. It was probably the second song on the album called Always. Yeah. Really quite in, enjoyed that. In particular, the kind of bridge where they kind of break down. It kind of starts off with a, it sounds like a female vocalist. However, I don't think there's actually a female member in the band. It's got a major departure from the kind of rest of the song, and it's followed by an absolute face melter of a guitar solo, which mm. I really quite enjoyed. I'm trying to think what other songs kind of really stood out for me. 
Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the two singles. I, I really like Hey with Two Whys. I think it's fantastic. You could say this for most of them. Just the, the vocal melodies are so catchy and, and so much fun to listen to. But one of the other standout tracks is probably Your War, which from memory has got a sort of weird sample at the start from starts off like with a little classroom mm. sample, the teacher telling the kids to listen to it. Uh, soak up music like to a sponge or something <laughs> to that. yeah they're like let's listen to the words see if you can pick out the words on this this record and it goes in a big riff frenzy or rock song I mean that's part of the appeal of this album is just big rock riffs everywhere mm-hmm. really catchy guitar licks and solos and just really fun I mean the lyrics are, aren't, aren't necessarily fun but the vocals are the song You Look Like Death has got a lot of reference to someone just looking like shit and that they're about to die. <laughs> yes. um, but it's, it's it's a really catchy song. I particularly enjoyed Schools Out. Yeah. For some reason, it kind of reminded me of Tokyo Police Club's album, Force Field. Okay. Um, with that kind of keyboard, a kind of synth, synth intro. Uh, so what, it's got like this sort of weird staccato kind of like synths at the start. Aye, and I thought it kind of showed that they're maybe more than just a kind of three-piece kind of pop-punk. I don't know how you'd kind of necessarily describe the band, but it showed, I th- I believe that it kind of just shows that they're kind of willing to experiment and maybe assign a future things to come, perhaps. I remember thinking, I think it's track number nine, if that's, that's how you want it to be, very much in keeping with the songs from their first EP, making kind of maximum use out of that kind of loud, quiet, loud dynamic, which I very much enjoyed. Yeah, that loud, quiet, loud thing appeals to me quite a lot. And I think this album appeals to me in a similar way that the Dinosaur Pileup album does, that it's there's a lot of alt-rock all over it. Mm. It goes back to the, the period of time that we both grew up in. Yeah. That sort of, sort of grunge era alt-rock and radio rock and it's when when actually rock was 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 actually popular and and this kind of harks back to that bit not that it doesn't sound fresh it it, it always sounds fresh and new a lot of um, different ideas in, in the in the riffs and the going back and forth between heavy riffs and and sort of clever little guitar interludes and there's like some sort of there's a lot there's like strange little guitar lines that are like there's sort of I don't know how you describe like rolling hammer-ons. Yeah, because I thought that as well, but I was, I was trying to... I don't know how to put it in words, to be honest. Although it did remind me a lot of kind of the stuff that Dan and Anacre did. Yes. On their album, Hey, hey Everyone, Hey Everybody. Yeah, I agree with that. Maybe not quite as technical. Yeah, no, and, maybe not. And not going to quite the sort of insane lengths that sometimes happened on the, the Dan and Anacre album, but... I absolutely get where you're coming from, certainly from the guitar tones as well. Has that got a particular name? Maybe. Aye. Yeah, I was, I was trying to think. But no, I, I re- it's really enjoyed the album. be interesting to see if they tour with it soon. I think there's a tour announced, but um, and they may be touring at the moment, or maybe in October, but um, I've got a feeling they are playing Glasgow quite soon. I think I'm on holiday. <laughs> when they're playing the witches which shit yeah overall I really like this there's a lot of promise from yeah. from Laser Rush 
and I think they delivered on that. Actually, Laser Rush was, I picked it as one of my favourite EPs of 2018 and kind of pegged Gender Rolls as being a band to watch and I think they've definitely delivered on that. Yeah. So this it's a pretty good album. I think I need to listen to it a few more times just to, to really get into some of the, the other tracks, but certainly the first four tracks of You Look Like Death, Always, Deep End and Hey With Two Eyes are all are all excellent. And there's there's really good moments on, on, on everything on here. Yeah. But I think the more the more I listen to this definitely the more the more I'm going to like it. Yeah, I think it's the one that'll definitely grow in you over time. Yeah. Okay. You want to give it a five out of ten, Grant? <laughs> I will give that one a five out of ten. A maximum of five out of ten. Definitely. What would you give it in your your scale of ten out? A ten out of ten? No, it's not. No. I mean, Dinosaur Pilot was a nine. This is this is a solid eight. All right. Okay. Maybe more. I listen to it. I might. I might. It might go up it slightly. Might go up. So, but um, a solid five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> so, what other albums are we going to be looking at? I want to talk about Wasted Energy, new album from Melbourne punk band Press Club. So, Press Club are a band that I only came across at the start of this year. In fact, their debut album, Late Teens, only came out in Europe uh, in January of this year. Right. We're now in... September. September. <laughs> and uh, the, their second album came out in August. So that's a pretty it's quick a pretty turnaround. Well. Yeah. So they've obviously, they're obviously quite a productive and creative band, but I think this is one of my favourite albums of the year so far. It's just an absolutely blistering, catchy and emotional punk album. Yeah. And where late teens felt like the, the, the music on it didn't come to the forefront quite as much and it was more of a a showpiece for the the front women Natalie Foster's vocals but Wasted Energy is is much more of the a complete package in that the vocals are still great but everything else is great as well I know you didn't get as much of a chance to listen to it as this as I did but what, what are your feelings on Wasted Energy? I didn't know that they were Melbourne based however I was going to ask whether the lead singer was from Australia or not I mean I think it's quite I think it's good when people kind of sing in their own accents I think it's quite refreshing to hear that to be honest because I think more often than not you get this kind of like full American accents coming through which I don't particularly enjoy I mean I, I listen to this in shuffle um, <laughs> just as, all, oh, as always as to. always um but certainly there was a f- there was a few songs that kind of really stood out for me. Same mistakes being one of them. Yeah. Um. Really enjoyed New Year's Eve as well. Was it chosen ones? Um. Where they actually kind of reiterate the the name of the album. The album. Yeah. So. Energy. So chosen ones. There's um the chorus is basically no one cares. You're giving up responsibility to put your mind at ease. You're wasting time and wasting energy. Yeah. And that's easily one of the best choruses on the album. It's so memorable. And I think maybe partly because it's got that callback to the album title. But it's it's like many of the songs on this. It just comes blasting out of the gates. And then towards the end, it sort of slows down a bit. And then ends on like a vocal refrain that's just repeated and repeated and repeated until until the song closes out. 
especially on chosen ones the rest of the music just fades away and you're left with just um, the front women screaming which is quite impressive um, that they just let let her vocals take centre stage at that point but it's a really powerful album and at first listen it might just sound a bit like a, a fairly throwaway punk album the production job is quite restrained it's quite grimy and sort of gritty then one of the things i read about the the band is that they described the guitar tone as a sort of kicked in speaker sound really? which is quite apt it it sounds like a sort of they're like a garage band it's got that diy sound to it which i think makes it sound like a more honest piece of music because uh-huh. it's not it's not overproduced and the aim is sort of to capture that that sound of, of a live band and I think it succeeds in that I could put pretty much any of these tracks and it's a standout track you mentioned Chosen Ones well we talked about Chosen, chosen ones. ones same um, mistakes in New Year's Eve New Year's Eve's quite short and it's just an explosion of energy possibly one of the best songs on here in terms of just being a straight up punk song um, often there's nothing better than a, a punk rock pick slide and there's plenty of those all over New Year's Eve but there's a lot of emotion and honesty on this album I mean the last song 23 I get the impression that song's about date rape which is um, quite a, a, a brutal subject to tackle but there's there's a, a section that says tattoos will cover up your actions still say so my body still says no and then there's another line that says what the fuck was in that shit you gave me and refers to things happening in the back of a bar. The lyrics are quite dark, but it's all covered up in this like bouncing um, punk song with like a it's got like a, a Blink One Eighty Two pop punk interlude in the middle of it. So it's like a strange tone going on where yeah. there's quite dark lyrics, but it's all in a sort of juxtaposed with this sort of upbeat music. One I, I know what the lyrics are about because it was in the press release for this album is. Um, Thinking About You which I think is the second single I think there was a single I think Get Better was the first single and then yeah, okay. Thinking About You was um, was the second one in fact New Year's Eve was the final single that came out just be- the week before the album so I right. think it was a pretty good setup for, for the album releasing yeah, but definitely. Thinking About You is a song first time you hear it, you might think oh it's just a, a love song but it's actually about the, the front of experience with a stalker and it's like I'm barely barely sleeping now I know you're around you know me well but I don't know you at all and I wake up and I shit myself where it's like without that it might just sound like a sort of love song for a new romance but it's actually about a creepy stalker following her around so a couple of pretty heavyweight subjects there's heavyweight subjects on here so I think that honesty lends some some weight to, to the experience and like a lot of albums it deserves to be listened to a number of times to get the most out of it. But to be fair, I couldn't help myself because I, I, I think I think it's a really good album. I couldn't I couldn't help but listen to it. And as well as uh, hearing somebody singing in their own accent, it's always refreshing to hear a female fronted punk band as well. Yeah. That's not often the case you come across that. The only one that I can really think of off the top of the head is obviously the distillers of Brody Dal. I think Fat Mike from No Effects famously said um, he was she was the only person um, that he thought was of any use as a, a female front person. Mm. I think it's becoming more and more common for bands to be female fronted. You put the Marmosets, which is a there's band. Marmosets a good example. Um, there's um, 
a hardcore band called Ithaca who've got um, a really powerful front women. Um, there's a band Gouge Away, they're named after the Pixies. They're another hardcore band. There's a there's a few a few examples. I think it's it's becoming more more common commonplace and more more ex- accepted that um, female fronted bands are good. Yeah, like it's not just. If it's not a male vocalist, well, we're not going to take you seriously. But I think those days are over. I saw Press Club live recently, and they're 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 excellent live. And Natalie Foster is just a, a ball of energy when she's on stage and writhing about on stage. Her hair just is all over the place, and she's just sort of a, a cloud. He's like he's just hidden behind her her hair, and she jumps into the audience. And gets right up in people's faces when she's singing, which can be a bit uncomfortable. But she's got this "I don't give a fuck" sort of attitude. attitude. So yeah. So does she play guitar as well? Or no, she just no, she she just sings. I mean, she's got the freedom to, to run around. Run around like say, a maniac. Probably gives her a better scope to kind of command the stage and the pit. <laughs> the pit. <laughs> she's, she wants to jump down in there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely a band to check out and definitely worth catching live if you get the chance. So I'm going to make it three for three and make this a nine out of ten as well. Oh, no, I was talking shit. I gave the last one an eight. <laughs> we need a wee bit more consistency in our rating systems, I think. Yeah, or yeah. do we need a rating system? Do we need a rating system? That's maybe something we need to, to think about a bit more. Mm-hmm. I quite like the idea of a rating system. To be honest, I don't know if it's any worth <laughs> my my opinion or my judgment. I don't feel as though I can pass comment or or rate this this album as of yet. I'll have to kind of go back to and uh, listen to it properly. Spoiler alert! <laughs> so you've made it this far and hopefully thoroughly enjoyed our rambling on some truly fantastic albums. Big thanks to Grant for joining me on this first episode. Please remember to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes, and if you like it, leave us a review. If you didn't, well, just keep that to yourself. Deal. If you're interested in hearing more new music, then please do check out our monthly playlist. We're a real blast each month pulling these together, and if we can get just one person to discover a new band or artist, then our job is done. Don't forget to like our Facebook page or follow us on your social media platform of choice. Finally, we are always looking for contributors, so if you fancy getting involved to help us grow or just want to send us something for a review, get in touch via the website. I'm Sneds, this has been the Scratchcast. Thanks for listening. We don't finish! <laughs>